0: and welcome to Off The Record episode 2.16. I'm really excited about today's episode because I got to get behind one of the things that makes me happy every day. And what makes me happy every day is seeing a post from the hard times. You've probably seen it shared on Facebook and seen some article and gone, that can't be true. At least that's what you do if you're smart. And it's about something in punk subculture, and it's always hilarious. I talked with Matt and Ed Saincombe. I'm probably messing up their last name pronunciation because I didn't pay enough attention like I always do to names. I'm a horrible person. And Bill Conway, who are the founders of The Hard Times. And if you haven't checked out the site, if you're not following them on Twitter or Facebook or however you ingest media, you're really messing up if you're listening to this podcast. You would love it. And I was really psyched to get to know the story and how the sausage gets made. I think it's a really interesting thing about how they make this happen every week. So without a further ado, here's my interview with them. Wait one second. I want to tell you first about Noise Creators. Noise Creators is a company that was started by Johnny Minardi, who runs self-titled management, works at Equal Vision as AR guy, and used to be at Fueled by Robin and myself. I'm a record producer and mastering engineer who's been at it for over 20 years in the punk scene, and I wrote the book Get More Fans, the DIY Guide to the New Music Business, which is one of the most popular books written on how to promote a band in the modern music business we're here to try to help musicians get with better producers we can help musicians get a better deal and work with real top talent instead of the guy who just opened a studio down the road what our site offers at noisecareers.com is a way to get to know all the best producers in the game today You can browse profiles, listen to Spotify playlists, listen to podcasts, read interviews with them to get to know them, look through bios and discographies and a bunch of other stuff. We also have a great blog where we're helping you get to know the best musicians today. We're profiling the best underground bands that haven't really popped yet and doing lots of other cool stuff. If you want to support Off The Record, It really helps to support noise creators and help spread the word about it. The reason I'm able to keep doing Off the Record is with the popularity of noise creators. So please help spread the word and check out what we do. And if you know bands who are going to go into the studio soon, tell them to look at noise creators before they do. Thanks so much. (laughs) I love that. I pick up and you guys are already laughing. (laughs) (laughs) So how did Hard Times come about? Hard Times came
1: about uh, maybe like two or three years ago. uh, I had this idea – for um, kind of like an alternative onion, mm-hmm. um, I was making a punk scene at the time called Punks Punks Punks, and it was all comedy based. <laughs> nice. And uh, in there, I was taking away people's punk points and giving them punk points, and keeping track of everyone in my local scenes punk points in the back. And everyone was getting really upset about it, um, but they were also <laughs> talking about it a lot. And I kind of then I got into journalism, and I thought maybe I could make like comedy journalism. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I didn't really know very much about satire at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, that kind of shelved the idea for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I came on Bill's podcast, uh, the Edgeland
0: so, podcast. So that's Edgeland. Okay, I've listened to that a few yeah. times. You guys had some people I love on there, guys with did Decision and uh, Chris Neal from Go Deep. Right, yeah, Chris is a great guy. Yeah, love that guy.
1: Yeah, so I went on Bill's podcast and uh, – I don't know, hit it off, man, love at first sight or something. (laughs) And um, Then I decided to reboot this old idea that I had because I quit my job as a room service guy and I was kind of like freelance writing and I had a little bit extra time. So I decided to reboot this idea Mm -hmm. and uh, I kind of put out a little feeler on Facebook saying, okay, I'm kind of like in the early planning stages of making this sort of website who would be into it. Um, And a lot of people were, but Bill was the guy who was into it and had a lot of good ideas. Um, So him and I kind of went full steam ahead at that point and ed joined soon after um and ever since and, then you, you know what i should nuts.
0: do i'm a bad host uh, you guys should say your name so that people can hear it and i'll edit that and put that in the beginning i, uh, I, I refuse be to do that i can't <laughs> possibly <laughs> uh yeah my name is matt sancombe
2: i'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the hard times and uh i'm ed sancombe and i'm also an editor
1: and part owner of the hard times
3: and i am bill conway uh, managing editor of the hard times
1: Awesome. Okay, so you were saying? Um, yeah, so I met Bill through his podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this old idea. I decided to really give it a run for his money. I, I remember I had about, I was a freelance writer, so I didn't have very much money. I had about $1,300 mm-hmm. in my bank account, and I wanted to set up the website properly, and it was going to cost about $800, and pretty much everyone was like, that sounds like a really bad idea, Matt. What the fuck are you doing? But <laughs> I went for it anyways, um, and then Bill joined up. Ed joined up, uh, and things really just took off from there. So, uh,
3: and I honestly wasn't sure if this was a Ponzi scheme that Matt was just trying to get, <laughs> get me to give him money, and uh, just had to go on faith that that money would be returned eventually. Uh, and uh, but no, he, he turns out he did not scam me, and uh, it's it's been a good working relationship ever since. <laughs>
1: yeah, we actually didn't meet face to face for a year and a half. A year and a half of wow. working together. But, That's um, wild. I don't know how that works, but you know, uh, it
0: did. I, I, you know, I have a startup right now that just launched, and we, uh, being the person who I work on with it every day, have not met yet. So it's, it's. I think that that's one of the beauties of the internet is like-minded people can come together through punk.
1: Yeah, Bill's kind of like a workaholic, like I am. So mm. we kind of just uh, we had to do a whole lot of work in the very beginning. So it, it worked out.
3: Yeah, the, the first day that you posted that thing on Facebook, and I was like, I'm all in on this. I, I, I went to a couple open mics here in Portland, and on the way there, I was just thinking of headlines the entire time. When stop and put them on my phone because I, I didn't have a car, so I was skateboarding uh, <laughs> to the open mics, and was like, all right. So just thought of one. Ended up with like a hundred headlines on that first thing, and maybe we only used like four of them because. They were mm-hmm. mostly garbage. But uh, it was still just like, all right, I'm going to go back with 100 goddamn headlines and we'll see what happens. And
1: but- then, you know, I, it, when we put the stuff up, it actually turned out to do pretty well. So I
0: decided, hey, maybe I won't steal this guy's money. You
1: know what I
3: mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
0: so, so now what of you has a background in comedy? Is there any other background in comedy? No. No? just
2: Just Bill. Just um, Bill.
0: So – so you, you got that input. What are you guys' background in punk? Tell me about your, your formative punk years.
2: Uh, Matt and myself played in, have been playing in hardcore punk bands together for uh, like 10 years now. Yeah. Um, we played in a band called Skull Stomp. They didn't do much of anything except for play around.
1: We played with Rob Power in uh, Arizona. <laughs> we played with
2: Rob Power in Tucson, Arizona <laughs> to some kids. Drove straight from uh, the Bay Area to Tucson to play that show. Got paid... I think it was, yeah, exactly $0. Is
3: that a ballpark figure? (laughs) Yeah,
2: up around there. But it was fun. Uh, And then we went on to play in a band called Zero Progress. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that band, we started as a traditional hardcore band and sort of morphed into more of a hardcore band still traditionally musically. But then part of our stage show was... uh, Character-based and satire-based in itself uh, with Matt playing a fictional pro wrestling type character <laughs> known Worldwide as the champ and
3: uh, is he still undefeated?
2: Uh, yeah, he retired undefeated
1: okay. so pr- pretty much pretty much we ended up uh, like creating a satirical character um, that was just based around how like a uh, tough hardcore frontman act. Um, so I'm kind of mm. like a skinny. I'm kind of like a skinny guy, but I'd like take my shirt off and just strip, like flex, like pose down, <laughs> flex now, and, uh, mm. and uh, say like a whole lot of stuff that like Scott Steiner or Ric Flair would say. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. And we pretty much used. We would go on tour, and every long van ride, we would kind of just come up with these crazy ideas of what we were going to do that night, and uh, so the kind of like. So we don't have a, like a background in comedy, but mm. we just kind of goof off a lot. And those those van rides were kind of like little like I don't know like workshopping ideas, and then we'd stop mm. by a thrift store and buy whatever props we decided were appropriate for that <laughs> night. And then I mean there was definitely a few times where before our band played, I like did like a three minute monologue that we had decided on the way down there that I was going to do. Um, so it, it, we don't have a background in comedy, but we're just kind of like goofballs, I guess. No, I, would say the, I, I think the like whole...
0: there's a the thing of like if you aren't being funny in a van, that that band's not going to last very long. Definitely, yeah,
2: yeah. And I think the whole thing ended up being sort of Kaufman esque and mm. uh, in a way because some people were in on the joke and loved it, and some people weren't in on the joke and took Matt completely seriously and loved it, and some people weren't in on the joke and hated Matt's guts and hated all mm. of our guts by <laughs> uh, you know extension. But uh, it was all great fun, and it was sort of like the seriousness of hardcore and punk that can just kind of beat you down Mm -hmm. and we we always looked at the fun side of it and thought that the funny interesting things that frontman or other band members would do during a show were always the stuff that stuck with us anyways Mm -hmm. so we would we kind of went out of our out of our way to start creating moments like that on purpose and uh yeah it was really exciting and fun and i would say that's where the basis of our comedy and music melding together comes from
0: yeah
3: gotcha and Bill did you get to answer that no. Uh, no I just like to let these guys go off I, I like <laughs> to hear their, their history lessons uh, but um, I, I grew up in Massachusetts uh, and uh, started getting into like punk and hardcore there and I never played in any bands or anything because I have no musical talent I always say my brother got the musical talent and I got the good looks but <laughs> uh, and,
2: uh, I don't and know, your, your just, brother looks pretty good looking to me, but...
3: Uh, yeah, <laughs> he is he's a, he's a handsome guy. He's actually, he, he's rounded into his, his own. Like, he used mm. to just be an ugly pork. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you yeah. know, and so I, I just would always go, you know, it, I, it was around the... the Everybody was afraid of Y two K. This is the time. This is the <laughs> punk and hardcore climate we're in, you know. And so we're in Massachusetts, and we're just we're just moshing because we don't know if tomorrow's going to come, you know.
1: <laughs> I was nine years
2: old at that time, yeah. So. Which I think is pretty cool. Bill's thirty one, right, Bill? Yeah. And I'm twenty seven, and uh, Matt is twenty five. So we have a little bit of
0: range. Yeah. I, I, well, so that that brings me to a question: Is like I was going to say, so I'm thirty eight, and. My friends were even older than me. Seem to st- like this site as much as the you know kids and bands I record that are way younger and in their twenties. People still appreciate this across all, all ages. So I guess you guys are kind of answering that you guys span a good amount of. Uh, well, we have we have like over 130
1: contributors who oh, wow. um, who uh help craft every idea and kind of we run it by this whole like it's kind of like a crowdsource group mentality i think it's interesting people sometimes ask us why our content like resonates with our community so much it it is just it like is our community the the ideas come from all over the country, all different types of people, all types of uh, ages in the scene. So multiple different scenes. So, I mean, we do have people in our group who pitch ideas who are 50 years old, and we also have Hmm. people who are in high school. Um, So uh, if we can find something funny in it, uh, we basically just help them along uh, and and edit it and craft it with them. But these ideas come from all over the place, which is, I think, why uh, lots of different people can uh, connect with it.
0: So can you tell me more about that? How are you guys enabling that even like down to technology that you're communicating with that many people? Is it like a Facebook group or... There's a Facebook group,
1: um, an email thing, a Slack thing, a couple text message groups, a couple Facebook message groups. It's kind of a hodgepodge of different um, communication channels, but pretty much the way it works is... Um, I'm editor in chief, and mm. Bill and Ed are managing editors. And then we have uh, a weekend editor, and then so pretty much uh, we have a whole bunch of contributors who pitch ideas. And then we have weekly editorial meetings where we go over the ideas that we like the most, and we you know kind of workshop them and craft them, and then we all decide together. Um, the editors, um, pretty much, it's kind of like you're gonna we're gonna look through three or four hundred ideas a week and run five and two of them might be directly from us. So a very small um, amount get through the process. But that's, I think, why they're funny.
3: And I think it it used to, like, when we first started, it was basically Matt, Ed, and I writing almost every single one. And I think it was kind of in the back of our heads, it's going to be great one day when we don't write a single one of these Mm. and we can just, you know, uh, edit them and craft them and make it so, you know, that it fits with the hard times voice. But in the beginning, it was just, you know, very, very small group. And then as more people caught on to it, they're like, hey, how can we help out? And then it's like, this is how. And uh, then it just kind of grew. And now, yeah, like Matt said, like, there's basically maybe one a week that one of us will write, and the rest is from the contributors, but we help craft every single one. It's not like one goes up and we haven't taken a look at it or anything. Mm-hmm. I, th-
1: I think a really good example of how that all works is we had one headline that was, um, band book that sober space makes another trip to the van, right? Mm-hmm. And the three of us actually don't drink. We're all straight edge. That's kind of mm-hmm. one of the connecting bonds that we have. So I think we kind of weren't sure if that headline was good. Like uh, I, you know, I, kinda, I was like, what is this guy talking about, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but in our Facebook group, kind of what we do is we have these 130 people. All these 130 people have passed a test. We've said these people are funny. They had to mm-hmm. write 10 headlines. They had to write a sample article, maybe a couple different sample articles if we weren't sure about them, to make sure these people are funny. So so, so what we do is when they pitch in that group, uh, the fellow contributors kind of critique it themselves, and they use likes and comments to decide whether or not this is something that they connect to. So we kind of see what are the holes in our editing process, right? And then we mm-hmm. ran that article And people loved it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So then we kind of, as an editing group, we kind of get together and we kind of say, okay, this is what we're missing. This is who's not. We need to get more people like this to write articles, more more people who drink, more people who listen to the style of music, more people who are like this, more people like
0: that.
3: We can make fun of straight edge until the cows come home, mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a lot of uh, – we yeah, have we a lot would. of blind spots. <laughs> I, I,
0: I nearly died at that straight edge regifting uh, article. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I literally had a friend who went through that and uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, – have you guys seen any real life interactions where this has turned almost like the truth stranger than fiction type of thing? Has have you seen anything from it? Like I had, a, I was doing a leftover crack record this summer, and I heard somebody on the phone in the lounge say, "That's not true. That's like a hard time story." <laughs> I, was like, I love that. Wow. That, like, that, that, that's starting to resonate uh, here. Have, have you guys seen the uh, truth, stranger, the fiction thing coming or anything real world that's really coming around from this?
1: You know, it's interesting because what you just said, uh, we hear that all the time. And I, I love that. I, I see that just in like when I'm casually browsing through social media, I say to someone like, you are a walking hard times article. And I, I, love, <laughs> I love that people are saying that because it's kind of, I think it's, it's just a good way of just like criticizing yourself and poking fun at yourself. And I think that's great. Um, one of the things that I think we do a lot of is actually a lot of the stuff that we write, particularly I was noticing this with Ed's stuff, is he just writes stuff about people that he like. I was knows. just going to say that
2: almost every one of my articles is just about somebody that I know mm. or myself yeah. or Matt or yeah. Bill, you know? So. Yeah. I write yeah, a lot about real. myself. It's real. Uh, yeah. So,
1: so if, you, if you've been around and you've seen me, you have seen the Hard Times article, Stranger Than Fiction or whatever, because mm-hmm. I literally just write there uh, about myself. Ed writes a lot about people that he knows. There was one funny thing where uh, I was putting on a show, you know, um, and we decided to make it a Hard time show. And it was on a Monday night or something like that. So we ran the joke headline and it was something like a huge Monday night show draws almost every band. And then (laughs) the the night before, one of the guys canceled. And I was like, that, this, you know, (laughs) it happened. (laughs) It happened. You know, these things happen all the time. Uh, It's very, it's very bizarre when that happens. Um, I'm trying to think of another recent one. Bill, do you have
3: any examples? Uh, No, I I can't really, I mean, I think all of the stuff we do is like, you know, anything about like the front man articles, like Mm -hmm. front man does X are just like, you know, exaggerated versions of stuff we've all seen people do. And we just kind of just really, you know, play off of that. And I I think, you know, the articles that do best for us are always the ones that are grounded in a reality that people Mm -hmm. are like, I've seen this before, you know, like, I know exactly what they're talking about. This just happened the other day, except when you do one like, uh, you know, that did well about the. Uh, baby ducks crossing the pit where <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. people seem to love that one. But it was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. when did this ever happen to anybody? Come on. You know, it's interesting because that headline,
1: right? So through our process, that headline got pitched and I was like, I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand what this is based about, you know, cause I guess my kind of style of satire is like to, cause I have a journalistic background. I was mm-hmm. a music editor somewhere. So I'm kind of like trying to criticize very particular things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a comedy background. So I think that that headline, I, I was just like on the maybe, like I was on the fence about it. I think Bill was on the fence about it too, but Ed just kept pushing for it. He was like, this is just <laughs> a great headline. Every week we would have, the, he would just say it's a great. And we decided to try it out. And, you know, I read through it and now it's one of my favorite headlines. And then that particular contributor, we actually went through his list of all the other headlines he had pitched and we found like two or three other ones. We're like, this guy's onto something. Sleeping on it. Mm. Yeah. And we gave him more chances and every time he's just hitting them out of the park. So,
0: nice.
2: um, But I think another cool thing about it all is just that it shows sort of the collective consciousness of being in underground music, punk or hardcore or whatever it happens to be. We, a lot of people share a lot of similar experiences. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool when you can write down one of your experiences or something that you've seen and see it mirrored back to you and just have, you know, thousands of people saying, oh yeah, I've seen this too, or it's too funny, too real, et cetera, et cetera. It's it just goes to show that um, there's a lot of unwritten history and humor to the punk and hardcore scene that goes has gone unwritten until now, maybe. So
0: Yeah, I think like, it's also a really good testament that you guys are talking about. You wrote the early ones. I don't really see much of it. Like, I never would have known that you had numerous other people writing this until I hit the about button and even only saw, like, the 10 or 15 you have written there. Mm-hmm. And, like, because if I think of, like, the first ones I saw of, like, Iggy Azalea with Screwdriver record collection yeah. onto, no, like, the, the, until like, the, the, like what I read today, I would never have known that it's like a different voice because it all still feels very similar.
1: That's something that we definitely care about and, and work hard to do. Um, and sometimes, you know, that's even become a thing with our contributors. Every once in a while, a contributor has a, kind of an issue with that. Um, but uh, I was a music editor before, and mm-hmm. I've had some really great editors um, at places like SF Weekly and, and Vice, places that I've mm-hmm. written for, who have helped me understand the editing process. And um, I think we have a bunch of good editors here, and I think that we do have a distinctive voice. And I think that it is from the beginning to the end, we, we've gotten better. I definitely think because I, I, some of the very early ones, I think we were still, you know, we're on our, we're just getting started. But um, our voice is the same, and sometimes that's related to editing. But um, like Iggy is Elliot screwdriver. That was anyone that has anything to do with skinheads. It's usually me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, uh, <laughs>
1: That's, like, one of my favorite styles of music, so I like to make fun of it. Um, but, yeah, the voice is super important.
0: Um, so I see that you guys are now going down the tube of lifestyles. Like, uh, you know, I, I sent around to my uh, roommates because uh, I have the roommate that there has the crystal for everything. So mm-hmm. uh, can you tell us a little bit about, like, what you're expanding into?
1: I think our... So I think the original idea for the site that I had um, was the Vice Onion. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much the idea was alternative onion so like if you have like if you have like the rolling stone of music journalism and then you have like vice competing and noisy like competing with them you know what i mean kind of like the different take on it Mm -hmm. i want i wanted us to be like the different take because i'm a huge fan of the onion but they definitely write stories about like putting your kid to sleep and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that i just i could never relate with i think they're funny because i read them like this is fucking this is just really solid jokes but they don't resonate deeply with me Mm -hmm. so stuff like the crystal stuff and all the lifestyle stuff that we're doing is kind of like just alternative lifestyle to connect with those sort of people. I think that is like something that we've talked about, and uh, we do have
2: some similar, I guess, backgrounds. Being all straight edge hardcore dudes, like so, like Bill was saying, you know, we can make jokes about that all day, but we want to be able to appeal to more people and people who aren't going to get jokes about youth of the day and yeah, judge. Yeah, so. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I think we're continuing to try to get more and more people involved who have broader and broader perspectives. Um, But similar humor, but similar can see things the same way. And then it's kind of like if you have like the editing staff is all like what I like to say is like people who have like bled in DIY basements or whatever. Then you Mm kind of still have you kind of still have that same voice. So it's like an alternative perspective on maybe mainstream or more broader ideas, if that makes any sense. So it's kind of like
0: that's great.
1: You have that perspective, but you also have like that broad appeal. That's pretty Mm -hmm. much what we're shooting for.
3: And on that uh, that crystals article, in in general, like I mean, I when that idea was pitched, like I don't have any history with any roommates like that. But uh, just this past weekend, I was at a brunch gathering and overheard a couple of uh, women. I mean, they were there discussing all of their crystals and uh, essential oils and mm. uh, safety salts, and I was like, "Oh, this is mm-hmm. definitely a thing that I know nothing about." And mm. uh, yeah, they were just talking about how, how all their energies go through these crystals and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, mm. "Wow, I, I thought you were a normal, sane person." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: that 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 was the, that was the uh, implication I had in the group text this morning when I read that. <laughs> I think I think like we all have our different
1: strengths. Like um, most articles are going to go through Bill. Bill mm-hmm. just has a really good sense of jokes and their structure and stuff. And I kind of have like, a, I have a journalism background, so I know how to make it look like a news story and I know what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And I can be funny sometimes. And this one, Ed...
3: Uh, that's debatable.
1: <laughs> Ed, Ed, had, Ed had like a experience and he knew all about this sort of stuff. So we had a contributor, his name is Kyle Erf and uh, he had this idea, right? And then Ed was kind of there to hone it because he also had a similar experience. So we kind of, each article, we kind of try to find, okay, who knows about this? Um, But we try to make sure that they're each, you know, authentic and
0: uh, on point, I think, is what people say.
3: We don't (laughs) want to be – we want to get sniffed out as posers anytime soon. Mm, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Mm, That is a big concern. Um, So you mentioned (laughs) the onion. I like – I like to think of, like, The Onion, like, one of their best moments was, like, uh, when idiot uh, congressman Louis Gohmert went on the floor and read the article about that Planned Parenthood was board- building the abortion megaplex on the Congress floor thinking <laughs> it was real. And you're like, really? This is a fucking elected official who thinks this is real. Uh, can you guys tell me about some of the – has there been some moments where uh, people are really buying this that
3: have been really hilarious? Well, it just happened with uh, the Metallica article we did and get, uh, oh really? got debunked. Debunked on Snopes.com, like wow. Uh, yeah, there was it was like Metallica sues eighth grader over hand drawn logo on notebook <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then somebody just was like, hey, you guys made Snopes, and it was like uh, false Metallica <laughs> uh, suing an eighth grader. <laughs>
1: it, was, it was scary how many people believe that one. Honestly, it's scary how many people believe each one. Um, a lot of them. It's yeah. really scary. Like it's funny at first, and then you run the site for a year, and you're just kind of scared. You're just kind of <laughs> like, why do these people believe? Every Every single thing that they read. There's a These certain. People are
3: driving on the road. With yeah. People. No, it's I'm scary. Like,
2: yeah,
1: They're it's... voting and stuff. Like there's a certain yeah. amount of people who just, they just believe it. We
3: had people who are
2: saying that they had seen the house that was made completely out of punk patches. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I've been there.
3: It's,
2: uh, so you know that Iggy Azalea article? <laughs> no, dude. Wait. The yeah. best comment on that was uh, not not for my family. It's not safe. Yeah, <laughs> it's not.
1: It's not real. <laughs> when, when we did that Iggy Azalea article, a white power website republished it in full in their news section, being like, "Oh, I can't
0: believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow."
1: It happens all the time. It's yeah. you know, it's weird because uh, we actually had a journalist come to us who was trying to write some story, but he was talking about you know. Uh, clickbait and I feel like in like fake news I feel mm-hmm. like we're really trying not to do that we're trying to like satirize things you know we're not mm-hmm. really most of our articles if you look at the headline you can tell that it's a joke if you have any sort of brain function mm-hmm. so we don't we're not trying just to trick people that's not funny um mm-hmm. I think like there's like a website called like Empire news yeah um, it, it's horrible it's mm-hmm. like it's not funny they just say like stuff like they just report false things and they mm-hmm. think that that's satire I don't really think that's satire so um the fact that people believe ours when we purposely go out of our way to make sure that it is a joke is uh horrifying
0: (laughs) and uh I think it's like it's funny, like you know, like so. I used to manage that bad bad Overboard. It's like when you guys did the local de- militia prepare to defend pop puck. I think it's funny that like <laughs> bands are excited when they're when you do this. That it's like it's a funny thing that and like you get a retweet from that because it's actually like this satire is needed because there is some people like if there was one thing I noticed like when I managed them is like we would get fucking scared with how much kids were like I need to defend pop puck. They're like, oh, okay, dude, like fucking relax like put down down the gun like there's no need just because the kid thinks you're a poser because you don't listen to judge or whatever like relax your soul
1: that's hilarious
0: (laughs) Um, and you know at the same time though you guys I think one of the funnier things you guys did do is though take on that Twitter moniker of real punk news
1: yeah I guess I kind of looked at I kind of looked at other people's Twitter handles, and there's always like just like a lot of celebrities just have "real" and then their name. And I thought it would just be funny, just because we're not, because we're because we're a satire, so I say "real punk news."
0: Uh, nice. So, yeah. can you tell me? Uh, I, I imagine there, there's been no threats though over the satire that you guys have done. Uh, I don't think
1: there has, which is no. shocking. Yeah, it really we, is. Not, we really expected. When I started this site, I fully expected to have to defend every joke like in a fist fight because like, <laughs> we're yeah.
3: gonna get our asses kicked one of these days, yeah. Like, just you, one, like, you like, might. <laughs> I, I don't know, I just
1: I certainly thought that that was gonna happen. Um, just playing in hardcore bands for a long time, it just seems like there's like lots of violence in general, and I was just kind of like ready for that, and then it never happened. So I'm, I'm glad that people are um, that chill about it, but I think we try sometimes. Sometimes we try. We're like, okay, is this guy gonna like fucking kill me? Like, how funny is the joke? (laughs) You
3: know. um, Well, we did the one about you know John Joseph announcing his engagement to the pile of vegetables, and somebody (laughs) uh, somebody messaged us being like, John loved that article. He thought it was so funny. Like, you nailed his voice. You know, it's so good. And just like, oh, cool. Like, that's good to hear.
1: I think I read a quote about how like satire. Before you can satirize something, you have to love it. And I think it is true Mm. that we all love hardcore. And some of the people who were making fun of is like. Like Ian McKay is fucking awesome. I think he's a mm-hmm. great guy. Uh, he let me interview him for my tiny um, zine when I was in college, and he talked to me on the phone for like three hours, and you know, right. way longer than he had to. Uh, but doesn't mean I'm not gonna make fun of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you can probably tell in our writing that we're not really doing this stuff because we dislike you. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I think I have, that, I
3: think that I have helps. two minor threat tattoos. So there's there's mm-hmm. no uh, there's no hate to Ian McKay coming from from this mouth. Right. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I think that helps.
0: So to, so to wrap things up, uh, what's in the future? For you? Um, I think we're um, going to try to ramp up
1: um, our content. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys, uh, it seems
0: like you've been churning out more articles per day, which is very welcome because they're still rotating their quality.
1: Yeah. So we're always kind of a quality first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we signed, a, we signed a, a little advertising deal with The Onion. Oh, wow. Um, they reached out to us um, and they said that they're creating some network, but we're a site that they actually find – funny, and that they're going to help us out. Um, So we're doing that. And then we're also trying to redesign our website and create a bigger staff and more articles, more broad based is pretty much our future plan.
0: That's awesome. So um, well, first off, thanks for doing this. The the last thing we do uh, on this podcast is I like to get a recommendation of something not self promotional that you guys have all been enjoying. Um, for the audience um that you could recommend To uh,
3: people listening All right, uh, bill, bill, you go first because I one to that, think that pops immediately into my head is if you're not what if you haven't watched seasons one, two, and three of Nathan for you, you mm. uh, are are fucking up. It is the funniest show on television, and that guy is uh, a literal genius uh, and is just a comedic force that should not be reckoned with, and I think that's the the absolute best show on TV.
0: I have not watched that yet, but it's been on my list, so I've been fucking up, and I'm going to reckon that.
3: Yeah, they're they're all on Hulu. This is not Mm. a paid advertisement for Hulu, but you can binge watch it at home for free right now. (laughs) What else Uh, we got?
2: I'm just going to go ahead and suggest that everybody watches as many Shinsuke Nakamura matches as possible. (laughs) He's a professional wrestler, formerly of New Japan Pro Wrestling, out of Japan, recently signed with the WWE, and he's the greatest wrestler uh, in the world today. So if you enjoy that uh, genre of entertainment, highly recommended.
1: You can probably expect uh, in that future plan for the site that that will probably get into a little bit of uh, wrestling stuff too. Mm. Um, I think uh, as far – last night I watched this show. It was called Billions. It just came out. Oh, yeah.
0: That's fucking great.
1: It was amazing. I was blown away by how good the acting is. Uh, in the comedy world, um, on Netflix, I really like, really like Wet Hot American Summer – Mm-hmm. Uh, Comedy Bang Bang, and Always Stunning Philadelphia. Those are kind of my comedy go-tos right now.
0: Well, guys, thanks so much for doing this. And most of all, keep up the good work. I f- fucking love it. And lastly, I'm going to do a few recommendations here since it's been a while. I'm going to first recommend a book called Orwell's Revenge. If you enjoyed 1984 from George Orwell, this really brilliant, brilliant guy named Matt Huber has rewritten... Uh, the 50-year-old book, 1984, with some more of how it would really go now that we know where technology has gone nearly 30 years past uh, 1984, or more than 30 years past. Uh, I also just really enjoyed Cal Newport's Deep Workbook. If you're somebody who struggles with not getting enough of what you'd like to get done or feeling really distracted and overwhelmed by How much is going on in your daily life? This is a great book. Whether you, I'm not actually going to follow all the advice in it, but what I really enjoy about it is it got me to think about how to fit social media into my life versus what I want to accomplish with my life, which takes deep, deep concentration. And I think it's a really good meditation on that thought. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Off The Record. If you enjoy the show, the best way to say thank you is to share this episode on social media, whether it's your Twitter, your Facebook, your Tumblr, your whatever, and just tell your friends. We just want the word to spread. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it's at OffTheRecordFM. You can get show notes, explore old episodes at OffTheRecord.FM. If you think we should be talking about something, please let us know with the hashtag TellOTR on Twitter, or ask us via Tumblr at OffTheRecord.FM. This episode was produced by Jesse Cannon and Ashley Aaron. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week.